Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Taking a little R&R time for the first time since um, last September or so. This has been really busy. So uh, you get a break. You get a break from me. You'll like that. Uh, during the night. So I'll be back. Uh, I'll still be around. I'll still be writing for LSU, doing some digital stuff here, but stepping aside, uh, taking a little R&R with the fam who's coming into the town next couple of weeks. Sheldon Mickles of The Advocate going to join us here this hour at Mickles Advocate next few minutes to talk LSU and their run into the tournament. Just returning to our Max Unger, Unger conversation from earlier tonight, uh, and people were questioning on the text line, is it really this critical? Is his loss really that critical? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the center of your offensive line. It's the guy who makes all those checks. He was the glue that held it together. He was one of the better offensive linemen, really one of the better centers in the National Football League since he got here. Was the he the all-pro, top-of-the-league elite guy with the Saints that he was when he was with Seattle? No, probably not, but he was still a great piece here. And they just are not going to find a guy to replace him like that. Just absolutely or not. Cameron Tom's not. Uh, certainly Will Clapp isn't, and frankly, neither is Nick Easton. We have stories up at WWL.com and the Radio.com app about that. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight, how far will LSU advance in the big dance? You can log on to WWL.com. You can cast your vote there. You can also help on the Radio.com app. Tigers, they take on Yale Thursday morning, 11.40 a.m. here local time in the opening round. If the Tigers win that game, they'll take on Maryland or the winner of the Belmont-Temple game, which is played in the first four in Dayton. You can catch all the action right here on WWL throughout the week. going to be LSU Central from basically Wednesday through Sunday, whether it's LSU baseball or LSU basketball in the NCAA tournament. Here comes Sheldon Mickles, who covers LSU sports for the advocate on the phone lines now at Sheldon uh, Mickles advocate, rather Mickles advocate on Twitter. Sheldon, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah. LSU front and center this week. How you doing? Yeah, it uh, always seems like LSU's front and center, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's always busy. It's always, uh, but it, it, it's, a, it's uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of would rather be busy than uh, kind of not doing nothing. I mean, if uh, that's what we do as sports, so uh, you, you're kind of busy all the time. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> you're right, especially when you when you cover LSU. There's never a down moment here with how good they are in uh, almost every sport now. Um, well, let's, let's step back here to the, to the controversy and mess that surrounded them over the last couple of weeks. And, and, and it, how do you think this affects them? And I'm not going to phrase it as do you think it's going to affect them because, I mean, come on, these, these kids, 18, 19-year-old, 20 kids, they're human, so are the coaches. But how do you think it affects them heading over to Jacksonville? Well, I think they they say you know they've been they have been saying that uh, you know it's we're we're like you said they're humans, but I think they're kids and they they just kind of want to go play basketball. And I think probably you know um, deep down uh, they they want their coach to be there, but um, you know they know he can't, so they're going on you know without him. Much like if it was an injured player, you know they they obviously look to him and, you know, to, to be the leader of their group. And, uh, but I think, I think the, 
the, the games go on, and I, I think they've uh, probably kind of accepted that and just uh, ready to go ahead and play on, on Thursday. It looked to me like the last 15 minutes of that Florida game, which is the last time LSU was on the court, uh, that they just looked lost. They looked um, like rudderless, and maybe they were without Will Wade. Um, is that something that can be fixed with Tony Benford and company in, in the what eight seven, eight days that they had? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they are so, uh, you know, one, one of the things that uh, Will Wade has, has preached since he got here was a six-minute game, and they've done it so many times. I mean, you could almost set your clock or set the uh, game clock by it when the six-minute mark comes. If they're, you know, if they're anywhere in sight, and you know, six down, you know, eight down, sometimes even more than that, they kind of seems like, especially this year when they've had more talent, they – kind of kind of tighten up the screws a little bit and they start playing a little better but I don't know what it is but when it comes down to six minutes and there's been at least two games and I really can't put my finger on them right now but there's been at least two games where literally six minutes to go is when they kind of made their move or you know kind of you know held off the other team or you know but um, it's happened quite a bit this year where it comes down to a six-minute game and they say when it gets down to a six-minute game. We're going to be, you know, we're going to come out, you know, winning. But the other night, the other day at Florida uh, in uh, in the SEC term, SEC term against Florida, it just didn't happen. Um, I think a big thing was, and, and I'm not going to not going to blame Tony Benford for the technical foul. I mean, um, you know, but he he thought it was a bad call, and it probably was. But um, you know, LSU's gotten some breaks this year, and they've, they've had some breaks to go against them, but. They regained the lead after that technical, after that six-point play. They regained the lead by a point later. Um, so you don't know if that had a big effect on it, you know, if that had anything to do with it. I, I know, like I said, Florida got a six-point trip out of it. But LSU did have its chances to come back and win that game. So just uh, Florida made some good plays. And, um, you know, LSU did did what they were supposed to do on that final play. They collapsed and they got they got two guys to the ball. And uh, just uh, the guy kicked it out, did the right thing, kicked it out to Nemhard, who made the three-point basket. So, other than that, I mean, you don't know. Of course, if, if, if he missed that basket, you know, they go to overtime. So, we don't know how the game would have turned out. But, um, you know, they, they, they rarely are getting blown out, you know, this year. Uh, last year, they got blown out regularly because they just didn't have the uh, talent that he needed. But um, this team, this team kind of just hangs around, hangs around. Uh, even the Missouri game, they down 14, uh, I think it was, like two minutes ago, and, and they wound up winning that game. So, um, you know, they they, they have a, a bunch of kids that persevere, and they have a lot of resiliency to them. So, you know, you never know how that's going to translate into the NCAA tournament, but I, I, I think it's a good thing, obviously. Yeah, perseverance and resiliency, two things you need this time of year. Talking to Sheldon Mickles of The Advocate covers LSU there. So the Tigers, the three seed in the East region, taking on Yale. Same brackets, same region as Big Bad Duke. Also same half of the bracket as Michigan State. What did you think of their draw, Sheldon? Yeah, I thought it was a decent. Uh, I thought it was a decent draw. I mean, they had a chance to be the number two seed probably if they had beaten Florida. Um, I think all they needed to do is win one of those games and, um, you know, win one game uh, at the tournament and beat Florida and they would have had a number two seed, uh, you know, kind of, kind of thought that might happen. But uh, after that loss, I, I didn't think they were going to be a four. And so I didn't think they were going to be a two. So I thought, it, 
I thought they seeded about right. Now, I haven't had a chance to really kind of look at the brackets, you know, uh, completely. I've kind of glanced at them a little bit, but uh, I, I think they're, I think it's a decent, um, I think it's a decent draw. I mean, Michigan State is a tough team. Probably a lot of people thought they should have been a number one. So, you know, it's going to be a, uh, if LSU were to play them, you know, in, in the uh, Sweet 16, uh, I think I think it would be a, a tough a tough shot for LSU to beat them. But um, you know, because because of the fact that a lot of people thought they should have been the number one. But um, you know, I, I, I you know I, I think LSU when they're when they're full strength and they're playing well, I, th- I think they could play with the Michigan States of the world. Now, Duke, that might be another uh, another issue, but um, I, I, I think this team could play with, with you know most of the people in, in the country, uh, in the, 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 the really really good strong teams that you know that, that play real physical and have a tough um, inside presence. I mean, LSU's got two. A six ten guy and a six ten eleven guy inside, but um, teams can sometimes you know get to them. I, I, I want to say, you know, Arkansas they had trouble with them. You know, they of course they won up there uh, in overtime, but they lost here because they couldn't handle Daniel Gafford, um, the big six eleven uh, forward they have. Um, and then Alabama was a tough one because of Dante Hall, although they won both of those games. And then I want to say. Um, uh, there was another another team that Will Will Wade said he didn't like to play because it was a uh, um, you know it was a bad matchup. So, um, but but most of the teams they could play with uh, uh, as as we saw in the SEC, they beat they beat every team in the SEC at least once. So uh, they they've got the talent, they've got the the makeup of the team that they want. They just have to uh, see if they could get it done in the, in the NCAA tournament. So I've been asking everybody who's had a front row seat to watch Tremont Waters the last two years. He, look, he's a, he's a Koozie Award finalist, as he should be, one of the top five point guards in the country. At least if he's invited to that award, that's what you'd think. And I agree, it's, it's a well-deserved accolade that he got. But some of his decisions are in late in games are head-scratching to say the least. Well, what's up with Tremont's? You know, five minutes and less in games with these turnovers and weird mistakes, and I guess it, you know the the epitome of that was that ball roll against Florida late, is that Sheldon. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't want to say that he loses concentration. I, I think he just. I think he just tries a little hard uh, sometimes at the end. I mean, at the end of games, I mean, he he dribbles real low to the ground. Sometimes you could get out of you know. You could get out of uh, balance. You know, some people might, you know, stick a hand in there and, and just kind of knock you loose, you know, knock you just an inch off, and then you fall down because you're so low. He uh, he almost sometimes looks like the, the Harlem Globetrotters when they did their little drib- uh, you know, dribbling <laughs> yeah. uh, drill where, where they just weave it in and out. And, he, you know, he probes the defense. So you're going to get – and I'm not making excuses for him, but you're going to get people sticking hands in the ball, you know, and try to knock the ball away and – you might fall down, and so he gets a lot of those now. The one, the one pass against, uh, I think it was Arkansas. He just threw it for uh, Marlon Taylor. He tried to alley oop pass, and it was about ten feet too high for even Marlon Taylor, who uh, can, who can jump almost hit his head on the rim. So uh, now that was a bad one, but most of the time, I mean, he's he's pretty pretty spot on. He, he he's gotten more turnovers this year. Than he did last year, but I, I, like I said, I think he's, I think he's just trying to, you know, make plays and, um, and uh, it's, it, it, it seems like sometimes, you know, early in the game you don't see it as much, but you're right, it does, it does seem like it happens late in the game, 
but the guy is a fantastic player. I, I, I voted him, you know, a third team on my all, uh, uh, all America team for the Associated Press All America team uh, yesterday. But I don't think he's going to get a third team. But I, I just think he's the best, you know, point guard in the SEC, and you know, he's one of the better leagues in the league, uh, better leagues in the country. So I gave him, uh, I gave him a shot as a third teamer. But um, I mean, he, I don't think he's going to win that Koozie Award because. Um, he's just not maybe get enough, you know, recognition around the country. You know, they haven't played that many games. Yeah, uh, it, uh, where is that? You think that's? Uh, are you a voter on that uh, as well, Sheldon? I, I don't on I, the uh, All America team. Uh, no, on yeah. the on the koozie. Uh, that uh, that's in house oh, that they the do koozie, that. Or, no, yeah. no, no, I'm not. But I, I just don't think he's going to win. I can't remember who's the other who's the other um, the other four. I know Ja Morant and uh, Josh Perkins are on there, and uh, maybe Ja. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Morant probably has a good shot at getting that one because of the year he's had. He's had a really great year. So, But I, I, I just think it's a, a pretty good honor for him to be one of the selected and identified as one of the top five point guards in the country. So that's part of the reason why I put him on my All-America team, on, on the third team. Uh, Marcus Howard and Cassius Winston, the other two on that list, by the way, both the outstanding he, players. He, yeah, very, very good, very good point guard. So, uh, so you, it's kind of stacked, you know. Um, and, and and those guys get a lot more uh, probably national publicity than than he does down here. So, um, you know, but I I think he's definitely the best point guard in in the SEC. I, I know Jordan Bone at Tennessee's had a pretty good year. Jared Harper at Auburn's, you know, had a pretty good year as a point guard, but I, I think he's he's the best in the SEC. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, we might see uh, both he, Tremont Waters, and Cassius Winston if they play uh, Michigan State in that, what would it be, the Sweet 16 game. Talking to Sheldon Mickles here, you, you opened the show, we talked about how, you know, it's the 24-7 here, 365 with LSU sports nowadays, uh, Sheldon, and this just goes to show you LSU uh, series victory over number seven Florida, and then gymnastics, they get a number one seed, so this is a great time to be a tiger still yeah and i mean early early in the uh you know a couple i guess maybe a month ago um you know they were talking about how well i guess it was a couple weeks ago they were talking about how you know lsu's in the top 10 in men's basketball and they're the number one in, in foot uh, uh baseball they uh top four or five in gymnastics they you know they've had a really good football season save one game um but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, they have a very good uh, they have a pr- very good program and uh, just uh, like in softball, you know, they've been to the women's college World Series several times in the last four or five years. So um, it, it's always something you know pretty good going on here. And, and but when football goes and football's winning, everybody's happy and everybody's uh, you know everybody feels good so um football keeps winning that's that's a that's a good thing <laughs> for up here yeah no doubt about it and uh, you and everybody there at the advocate covers it uh, better than anybody else it's sheldon mickles of the advocate you can read his work and everybody else's work there at uh theadvocates.com sheldon appreciate the chat man enjoy the tournament all right Good to talk to you, Seth, and, and uh, take uh, call me anytime. All right, I really appreciate it, Sheldon. At Mickles Advocate on Twitter, follow him there, and yeah, did bookmark theadvocate.com. It should be on your daily reading list if it's not already. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Tim Zimmer had one heck of a weekend at NASCAR. In fact, he's had a heck of a month in NASCAR. Tim's going to tell us about it. He's on a roll. Coming back here on the last lap. Oh, hang around if you're on the phone lines. We'll get to you, too. The cheesiest song that you still love to hear every year. One shining moment. 
Hey. Yeah, the ball's tipped. And there we are. I'm running for my life straight towards the NCAA tournament. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, NCAA tournament starts tomorrow. First four games up in Dayton. In fact, that's what they call them. The first four now. You finish with the final four, but the first four is Farley Dickinson Prairie View, Belmont Temple, North Dakota State against North Carolina Central, and then Arizona State against St. John's. All uh, tomorrow and Wednesday in Dayton. And then the round of 64, the real fun, starts on Thursday, and that's when LSU will play. They open up against Yale. Let's go to the phone lines. Joey in Pearl River, regular listener and caller to the program. You're concerned about Max Unger? Is that right? No, no, no. I mean, I'm concerned about what the Saints are going to do because when you look at the guy's body of work, Seth, I mean, early in his career, 2012, he was granted knighthood, you know, all pro, and then uh, two Pro Bowls since then. But since joining the Saints, man, 60, what is it, uh, 63 straight uh, straight games and then the, the four uh, postseason games, and uh, the guy has been flagged four times in his Saints career. Flagged four times. Is that ridiculous? It is. Oh, well, just, it is, uh, considering uh, just, some offensive linemen that I've seen are flagged four times in a game. Looking at you, Andres yeah. Pete. Looking at you, Andres Pete. <laughs> so. Oh, man, it's, it's incredible what the guy has done since he's, you know, came down. And, and we all thought, you know, Jimmy Graham leaving, oh, man, you know, there goes the last breath of uh, air possibly, you know, since the Super Bowl. But, no, I mean, stop and look at each of them's body of work. Bro, the Saints come away smelling like a rose. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to say, too, also with LSU, uh-huh. the ball game is that uh, if, if any LSU opponent plays them close uh, for, say, the first 35 minutes, the last five minutes of the game, when you come down getting your half your uh, half court offense inside the timeline, just throw it, just throw the ball around between players, you know, four or five times before they even attempt a shot. Right, because somebody's going to get and, open here, right? Because LSU can't defend for that long, Joey. Exactly, well, especially in the last, you know, five minutes of the game. They had that game won against Florida until that, you know, that yeah. That, yeah, well, you're right. No, Joey, you're, that's great points here on both the Saints and the LSU front. I just, I'm not, I am definitely not doom and gloom at all with the Saints or with LSU. I'm just, I'm being objective. I, I think, uh, contrary to a couple of people we had on tonight, I think Yale is just about as good of a matchup as they could have hoped for before you even saw their seed or you went to selection Sunday. I mean, they could have been a four or a five seed. A lot of people were thinking they get a three seed. They get Yale. Uh, they're eight-point favorites in Vegas. And then their second-round matchup, they'll be favored against either Maryland or the winner of that Belmont Temple first four game. Second weekend's a little different. Thanks for the call, Joey. All right, I, I promised you some Tim Zimmer NASCAR talk because it's, it's more about what Tim Zimmer did with his bets. He's on a roll here than actual NASCAR. We'll talk about that. When we come back, got a little break for news. Just 60 seconds. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. How far will LSU advance in the big dance? Cash your vote at WWL.com, radio.com app. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Seth Dunlap. It's the last lap on WWL. All right. Tim Zimmer, our studio producer today. Uh, first of all, he's he's kind of abandoned the program. I just I don't know what. I don't know. I just never hear anymore, Tim. 
I so. work all around the building uh, now, apparently. Wait, really? Uh, I'm not, uh, really? I, they take me out the closet whenever they need me, and they usually need me in the morning. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Being serious for a second, Tim uh, has been uh, working on the morning shows, uh, the afternoon shows, and sports talk sometime a lot as we kind of transition things down there. So a part-timer here now, but uh, we miss you. I'm just the, I'm the, the jaded date that got you know left uh, with a pizza box in my hand, Tim. I will say one thing. It does feel very good to not be tired when I go into work, because waking <laughs> up at five, waking up at four a.m. Yeah. and getting here for five is not old. It doesn't get old. Like you will be tired. I know people out there that wake up that early can can test, but going to work at seven eight o'clock is a lot easier than going to work at five a.m. Yeah, that's Put true. I know that's. I believe it. So you've uh, Tim Zimmer. For anybody who doesn't know, he's our NASCAR expert. Writes a little NASCAR preview every week. And you, there's a reason you're doing this, and I think your your results at the sports book in Mississippi is the reason why we have you doing this because you're on a, a hell of a run here, Tim. Yeah, like two weeks ago, I was on I was on with Bobby, and I told Bobby if if there's going to be a guy you need want to take going forward, it's probably Kyle Busch, and Kyle Busch is basically he won his 200th win in 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 the NASCAR, not just NASCAR, but the trucks and in the Xfinity race this weekend. Um, but he also won the week before, and I just said going forward, he's the guy you want to put your money on for the championship this year just because I thought having Martin Truex, the guy who formerly won last year, um, or a championship, or I'm sorry, two years ago, uh, just having him there is going to make Kyle Busch even more better, and that's what you saw the last two races. He's kind of dominated. He led 134 laps of the 200 laps yesterday, and basically it was a he did have a, he did have a penalty on, on a pit road in the second stage, which I thought was going to cost him the race. He ended up coming. There's not many drivers that can get penalties on pit road and still win the race. So this is my depth of my uh, very, very casual NASCAR knowledge. He is Kyle Busch is the Kevin Harvick of 2019. He's just he's winning everything. Basically, Kevin Harvick last year was pretty dominant. He won three races in a row. Um, I don't think Kyle Busch is going to win in Martinsville this upcoming weekend, although he's very good there. Um, but, yeah, you're right. He is the Kevin Harvick. Although Kevin Harvick did not win the championship no, last not. year. It was Joey Logano who came in second this past weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right now it's kind of like a four- or five-man race. You want, It's Kyle Busch and basically the Penske cars of Logano, Kyle, uh, Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, and then that fifth car is a mixture between Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex. Um, Tim and I also recorded our NCAA tournament preview podcast right before the show, a couple hours before. You can find it on the front page of WWL.com. We have it in the podcast section, LSU Sports Zone, and also – on the radio.com app, great stuff, about 35 minutes or so of NCAA tournament talk. Tim, how many brackets are you filling out? I usually fill out a lot just because I every time I fill one out, I think of something different. I think of, like, if I put a team there, something like a, a little light goes off in my head, and I'm like, oh, I could see that happening. I put Vermont to beat Florida State for some reason. <laughs> okay. And now I'm thinking Vermont actually has a chance against Florida State. Really? I don't know why. Well, I would like that. My my Gonzaga side would like that. Like, knock out all these these higher seeds in their path to a Final Four. I will say betting on NASCAR is a lot, lot easier than betting on college basketball. College basketball is the worst. I, I, I've tried it. it <laughs> You're not work. listening to Ralph Michaels enough. I, I, I can, I've won four weeks in a row in NASCAR, and I've made probably plus – plus 200 at least i'm betting you know single digits here i'm not yeah. betting a lot uh but betting on college basketball is a whole different animal and i uh 
don't parlay in college basketball. That's the best. That's <laughs> no, the best don't advice. parlay anywhere. I mean, parlaying in football is not not as bad because foot, NFL. It's kind of like you know what's going to happen. You can parlay two teams. You parlay two teams and three teams in college basketball, and you might as well just throw your money away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you ready for LSU on Thursday, man? I'll actually be here on Thursday. I'll be in studio. So if the if the LSU game does not go on air, it's going to be my fault. Yeah, but here's the thing: Do you have a lucky LSU shirt? Because I know you have a lucky Cub shirt. I know you got a lucky Pelican shirt or jersey. I think it's a jersey, actually. We see you wearing that all the time. By the way, Pelicans lose tonight. Nobody really cares. Excuse me, Pelicans win tonight. They beat Dallas in overtime, but they lose out on a playoff spot because they're officially eliminated. Not that anybody um, cares about that part too much anymore. You're, you're you know, you're, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, don't win something for, uh, stop trying for Zion, is it? So they're stopping trying for Zion somehow, some way. R.J. Barrett would be fine. I'm um, getting off course here, Tim. So what's your, what's your lucky LSU garb you're going to wear on Thursday? I'll probably wear my newest LSU polo. Every year I think that it's the LSU polo that loses to Alabama. So I get a new one every year. <laughs> so it's the, it's the polo. That sounds but, like an expensive habit. But honestly, it's the last time LSU beat Bama is because I went to Fred's in Baton Rouge, which is a bar there. And I haven't been, I haven't been for an LSU game since then. Huh. So I'm thinking I might, change the, I might change the tide this year and go to Fred's, which is an LSU bar in Tigerland. I know I'm a little old to be there, maybe 10 years old to be there. Wait, is Fred's really that, like, under 25 crowd? It's, yeah, I mean, they have older. I mean, it's, like, mostly, I would say between 22 to 28-year-olds. Okay, so I'm definitely out of the demo. No, well, on game days, I feel like anybody can go. Sure, well, game days are different. I mean, you go anywhere, any bar. It's, if you, you go know, on it's a Friday a, night, you're you going to see a lot of 20-year-olds, a lot of younger 20-year-olds, which is definitely out of our, our demographic, but. I, yes yeah. yes yes it is yeah <laughs> for multiple ways for me but um <laughs> it's, it's a fun bar but yeah i think i think that i i personally have an lsu polo i wear the saints the same saints polo but i don't have it i'm not really superstitious with the saints i'm more superstitious well hold on here LSU. if you wear the same saints polo every week you can't say you don't have a superstition for the saints that's a superstition by definition i don't live or die by a saints loss though as much as i love the saints I get more upset when LSU loses a game in football than I do with maybe on a Saints game, and because I because every game counts in college football. Basically, everything every game kind of counts in other other sports, but not as uh-huh. much as college football. If the Saints lost one game, it's like, well, there's 15 other games. They just have to win 10 or 11 games. They'll get in the playoffs still. So I don't know. I thought I was incapable of getting angry at any sports result anymore, even for our our teams here. Um, I was rudely remembered that I can get angry after that that no call with the Saints like I was trying to be professional because I was I was working in the Superdome and I had to go in that press conference with uh with Sean Payton afterwards then Drew Brees and uh I asked questions there uh, very angrily not at those guys but not, just angry at the whole situation not as can... angry as uh, Bobby Aber <laughs> was at Les Miles that is true no that is true and I wasn't like I asked Drew like do the players have a say in this or something and he kind of chuckled and stuff yeah I was so I, I guess my point is I, I can get angry at sports results still when I didn't think I could. I think the last time I got mad after a college basketball game, I don't know. I remember this vividly. I don't know if you, you in your your very Tim way, you were giving me a bunch of crap after Gonzaga. Gonzaga yeah. Yes, Gonzaga got eliminated like three or four years ago in the tournament early, and you texted me, and I was like, not funny, Tim. Well, I was very contrarian. I'm always contrarian, <laughs> and, and double coverage at the time was basically yes. pro-Gonzaga. Yeah. And I didn't – I was contrarian, and I was taking UNC that game 
just because I, I don't know. I, oh, was I, it the Carolina game? Was it? It was the national championship okay, game. Okay, I knew Carolina that game. your your heart was in the game. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to like upset you, but I also knew that I could push a button or two. <laughs> you did. And I think I went a little overboard. <laughs> you did. I think I remember I shut off my phone. I, I, I muted your conversation on my phone at that time. I'm like, that's enough, Tim. But I think that we could see a rematch this year. And if we do see a rematch, I'll be ho- I'll be heavily betting, on, or not betting, but cheering for uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, well, you have a financial interest in that side. I would, well, I'd like to see it. I mean, my, my Look, my dream Final Four would be LSU, Gonzaga, North Carolina, because I want to see that rematch. And Virginia, just because, come on, even though I'm not taking him, you got to like Tony Bennett. Like, I don't, I don't, you see Irvine, right? How could you, well, UC Irvine? No, that's, that would be um, Bobby's team. He probably has a UC Irvine shirt somewhere. Um, what about St. Mary's? What, what about St. Mary's? If they, if they come out of the uh, Virginia. No, race. this would be like, no, this would be like you rooting for, and Alabama's the, yeah, I'm going to be like Alabama. This would be like you rooting for Alabama. So you be, would be upset if St. Mary's came out of the east, or I'm sorry, the north, the south bracket. Are you upset when Alabama makes a national title game? No, because I hope they lose. <laughs> I actually, I think it's better. Wait they, a second. I think it's actually better they get there as long as they're not playing LSU. Wait a second. So you're rooting for Alabama to make the national championship? Well, if game. they beat LSU, then yes, because I want to see them lose. Because honestly, they don't win anything. Other what? Than, okay. What about them losing before the national championship game? I mean, that's just as good. But losing the biggest game of the year is like the cherry on top. Well, I'm finding out you're just as weird as I thought you were. Um, no, I'm not rooting for St. Mary's. Like again, I'm not trying to tell this story so people get tired of it. But I mean, I was I was born in Spokane. I was born in Spokane, Washington, which is where Gonzaga is, small city, like you know, was it 300 to 400 thousand people, well, and that's that's all there is to do there this time of year. So I'm like, it's in my blood. I didn't go there a long time ago, but it's still in my blood. So asking if I'm going to root for St. Mary's, which is their arch rival, is uh, it's blasphemous to me. There, there's two teams that would really upset me. If they got to the final four and one Duke, obviously, because I just don't like Duke just based on the the mothership's, you know, craziness that they do over Zion and Sports Center and all that other stuff. I just can't handle it. It's too mm-hmm. much. And the other team, Tennessee. I just don't like Rick Barnes. Like I just there's this dislike for me that I don't like. about what? Him. Really? Like Rick Barnes seems like an eminently likable guy. Well, I mean, he laughed when he heard about the, the wiretappings or to the media. Uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. I don't think it does. But I just don't like Rick Barnes. I just think I think he's a bad tournament coach. Well, that's been backed up. He's whether it's SEC tournament or NCAA tournament, he usually underperforms his seed. So that part I will agree with you. Uh, by the way, I was born in uh, Tacoma, but yeah, I grew up in in Spokane. Or somebody who was. Tweeting at me. Too. So if the, either of those teams do get to the final four or to the finals, you can push my buttons, I guess. This year. <laughs> oh boy, if, uh, if uh, can we somehow get that uh, dream LSU Gonzaga matchup? Because I would love it. Um, you know, LSU team you know, one B for me right now. But I have financial interest in both teams, Gonzaga and LSU, so I wouldn't be mad either way. All right, I like it. Boy, that if would it was, be. If it was Duke, though, I would not be happy. It'd be a hell of a show, Tim. We would have a hell of a time on this show previewing that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, your calls, a little sports libs, and our moment of zen, a little compilation of the best conference tournament championship radio calls. Over the weekend, it's the last lap, continuing here on WWL. (laughs) Happy birthday to our buddy Jake Madison, by the way, or Bourbon Street Shots. I'm mentioning Jake because he just – 
replied to a tweet or retweeted something that I just saw during this last week. You remember that picture, Tim, of it's the and I think this is was constructed by an ad agency and then everybody just uses it as a meme. This picture I'm talking about um, where it's the guy and his girlfriend and he looks behind him and he's, he's like, you know, making these big eyes. It's a couple of the girls walking behind and you've probably seen this. You know the one I'm talking about on social media. OK, there is a picture in The Advocate that you want to talk about almost a real-life dead ringer for this, except the guy is on the opposite side. He's on the right side of the, the group of women walking down Bourbon Street right in front of Rick's Cabaret and Temptations. It is the real-life creepy version of that meme, and it's pretty epic. It's <laughs> so You see what I'm talking about now, Tim? It's five girls. It is sensational in the worst way. Go find it, and well, you can probably see my reply to Jake on there. It's pretty creepy. Uh, we're going to do sports lips in just a second. First, though, Joey and Bogalusa. Uh, get us back on track, Joey. You want to talk a little Max Unger? Yes, sir. I was just getting out of my truck earlier, and I caught the tail end. You were talking about Unger. What's up with Unger? Uh, Unger's, Unger's gone. He retired, man. Or retired over the weekend. Um, said basically, just paraphrasing here, that just too injured, body can't handle another year. Oh, man. We're going to miss him like fire in the winter. Oh, no doubt about it. There's, it's irreplaceable, Joey. Irreplaceable is Max Unger. They're going to try with Cameron Tom or – Nick Easton, the guy they signed, played with the Vikings last couple of years, although uh, played is a relative term because he didn't play on the field because of an injury in the training camp this last season. Missed the last couple of games of the 2017 season because of that. Gave him four years, $24 million. That's $6 million a year. It seemed like a Hail Mary attempt here to fix something, a crisis that is happening right in front of them. Unger said, and the Saints said, um, that he did notify them of this, but it, it couldn't have been too long ago that he notified them of this because there was a guy in free agency his name is Matt Paradise the old center for the Broncos that hit free agency that was one of the top players on the market ended up only getting eight million dollars a year from the division rivals here in Carolina I just believe and maybe until somebody you know from the Saints organization refutes this that if they had known early enough about Unger's retirements that they would have made a bigger play for him one of the better centers top 10 centers in the league yeah it's just bad news here it's bad news all right tim we got a little sports lips for us man give me the thumbs up we do this every night thanks for the call joey by the way sports lips like mad libs we do a little fill in the blank style a little question style handful of questions are fill in the blanks a little sports maybe pop culture too you can play along on the text line filling these blanks with us at 870 what you got tim I'll start off with a football question because there's not many football questions right now. All right. Uh, Johnny's, Johnny Manziel, he signed with the Memphis Express, the AAF League. He will do blank in the AAF. Increase ticket sales. And that's it in the AAF. I, mean, I don't even – the viewership is relative because it's you know stuck on CBS Sports Network. Does anybody think Johnny Manziel can be a good quarterback any, any longer? I think he's backing up um, Zach, Zach Mettenberger, actually. Well, it's regional. They do the regional thing there. So a lot of the LSU guys there, a lot of the guys from the South. We know Texas A&M. I own the SEC West. I don't This whole thing, Johnny Manziel, it's like the, the, the Kardashians of the sports world. Like, I just, I just, I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I want a new 
I want a new episode with new stars. That's what I want. Give me some Pat Mahomes and these young guys in the NFL. I don't want to talk about Johnny Manziel anymore. All right. Uh, the best matchup in the first round of the NCAA tournament is blank. I like best, best wa- most watched or most exciting matchup is blank. Most exciting matchup. I'm going to go back to Murray State Marquette because you've got John Morant there and Murray State, who's he finalist, 11 assists per game, leading scorer, going to be a top 20-ish pick in the NBA draft, you would think. And they got Marquette, who's a sleeper for many teams. That's the 5-12 game out west. So right away, I'm going to go there. What about you? I'm curious. How would you answer that? I want to say Kansas versus Northeastern just because – this Kansas team's a pretty bad like they're they're not very good away from their home stadium and I don't know much about Northeastern but they have a pretty decent record they're uh, 23 or actually they're 23 and 10 but I just don't believe in this Kansas team so I could see an upset maybe brewing there um I do like the winner of this Maryland uh Belmont Temple game I think that that game could be an exciting game because I could see Maryland going down there I, I could too and remember my NCAA bracket tip of the day bracket better tip of the day no longer is it the five twelve game that's the upset special. That's cliche. That's old school. We're in twenty nineteen, folks. It's the six twelve matchup that's the upset special. In fact, in the last ten years, eleven seeds are above five hundred against six seeds. Eleven seeds are twenty and nineteen against six seeds. The last ten years, take at least a couple of eleven seeds in your brackets. Bracket better, folks. Okay, what's up next, Tim? When Magic Johnson is done being the GM of the Lakers, he will be remembered for blank. He will be remembered as a terrible, destructive force for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers have one of the worst records in the NBA during his time there. It's incredible the free fall of that franchise. And this falls squarely on Magic Johnson, who said... When he was hired for the job, blame me if it doesn't work. Okay, Magic, we're going to blame you. Yeah, he gave him, he says two years he needs. This is year one. I know. I know it is. But, well, it's like year one and a half, right? He said two years after LeBron, I guess. So yeah, correct. This year and Rubber, yeah, years. but he's been there for two years. Yeah, right. Two, uh, yeah, this, yeah. Will be a, this will be his third upcoming year. Correct. Two. Yeah. Well, I'm counting this year as year two. Yes, you're right. Right. So he's. I understand change can't happen overnight. Let's be honest here. Magic Johnson has been a, a dumpster. He's the James Dolan of the Western Conference. Speaking. Oh, you didn't mention cut, uh, clutch sports here, but uh, did you see the the video of uh, Julius Randle coming off the court for the Pelicans? <laughs> yes, I did. And then Anthony Davis. And he didn't. The best part is, I love AD's reaction. No, I really did. Like, legitimately, I loved AD's reaction because I would have reacted the same way. If nobody's giving him a high five, and he just puts his hands up there. He just gets spurred, and he turns kind of and just throws his hands up and goes, What's going on? I'm kind of with whatever. AD there. I'm kind of with AD there. Like, come on, guys. What's up here? But you know my stance on that whole situation. So, that's Sports Lips. I have one more if we have time. Yeah, let's uh, do it. The first number one overall, or the first number one seed in the NCAA tournament to go down will be. Blank. Oh, you know where I'm going here. It's not even close. It's Virginia. They haven't made it past the Sweet 16 as a one seed the three previous times they have been under Tony Bennett. So, yeah, you can't get me on that bandwagon. You can pay me to go on that bandwagon. Well, actually, you probably could pay me a little bit to go on that bandwagon. Uh, text line is 87870 if you want to 
give me an offer, then I'll I'll just be talking Virginia here <laughs> the rest of the week. I think the odds say Gonzaga just because they have the toughest yeah, I agree. path. No, I agree. But I'm not. You think I'm going to say Gonzaga? No, no. I I don't think it's Duke. But uh, so it's got to be Virginia or UNC. And I, I'm I'm all in on Virginia, so I'm going to go UNC. Oh, see, I'm all in on UNC, so I have to go Virginia. And that's Sports Libs. We're back with a cool moment of Zen, a little conference championship compilation as we wrap up the last lap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.